Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be. Welcome to leg four of the Cobra Cast for the present VP. We, um, all right, you've tried to steady the ship. You've got us back to the mainland. We've been, you know, we're headed east coast way. So where else are we going on the east coast, mate? Um, yeah, so you would have noticed it took me a little while to uh, get on this chat. Um, reason for that is, is we're actually going to Seattle and I've just, I noticed that it's actually probably not, the smartest route to take. So, we've gone from Hawaii. We could have just stopped in the West Coast. We could have done Seattle. We could have done OC. We could have done all these. And then gone out to Wisconsin. But you've taken us all the way out to Wisconsin. And now where are we freaking headed? Uh, well, you said the West Coast uh, to Seattle, mate. What's it? You know, when I was doing this, I sort of thought, you know, America must be like Europe and quite small and, you know, the cheap airfares were, were there. So, but, um, yeah. So it's a to... big fucking place, mate. Jesus Christ. You, you told me you had it all sorted. You Google mapped it. You spent, mate, I couldn't get you on the phone for days. You was spending so much time organizing all this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a fair point. But yeah, we're off to Seattle, mate. So the West Coast, uh, if we're going through from Melbourne, it would be, just over 13,000 kilometres and would take us about 20 hours. Yeah, well... And it's just taken us a day, I think, to get drive there. Or a couple of hours in the air. In the air. Jesus Christ. All right, so Seattle covers just under 370 square k's. Has a population of just under 750,000. Decent town. So it's also the home of major league teams. Yeah, the Seahawks in the NFL... The Mariners in the MLB and the Sounders in the MLS. Forgot one, mate. No, I didn't forget one. They don't. They're not there anymore, mate. What? <laughs> Is, so you, yeah. What are you talking about? You talking about? Well, every time I play NBA Jam, I go with my man Sean Kemp from the Seattle SuperSonics, mate. It's it's just a given. He dunks all over. Um. Everywhere. You, you don't know. What? What are you, you telling um, me? Sonics haven't been in Seattle for quite some time, mate. Is, there are, now the OKC, um, OKC Thunder, mate. Uh, the OKC Thunder of the... Yeah, Oklahoma City. Did, did you... Jesus Christ. I, 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 I don't understand like, how you didn't know that. 
Oh, maybe I just didn't give a shit about OKC enough to care. All right. So, Seattle is a port city. So, it's known for having some of the freshest seafood around. And, then, you know, oysters, crabs, sushi. And, mate, did you know this? They've, they do make a mean chowder in... Um, chowder. 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 I don't want to say it in case it comes off as racist. <laughs> so, right, Frenchie. Um, but yeah, they're famous for that. Uh, and their big landmark is the Space Needle. Yes, it's, uh, we do go and give that. We we'll give that a visit while we're across there, mate. See if I can use the Space Needle to lift your spirits of my uh, stuffed-up trip. Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll have some chowder. See how that goes. That's good. So, famous people born in Seattle include uh, Bill Gates, which is a bit ironic considering we're using all products not made by him. Um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Macklemore, and my boy Kenny G and Jimi Hendrix. And it's also not only the birthplace of uh, you know Chris Cornell from Soundgarden, the late great Chris Cornell, um, but it was pretty much where grunge music started. With you know back when Kurt Cobain formed Nirvana, living in Seattle, and it's also the final resting place of somebody that means a lot to me, Bruce and Brandon Lee. Um, yeah, when you yeah. told me that, that was actually quite intriguing. I didn't know that. Yeah, so Bruce Lee took up residence in Seattle when he was uh, moved across to America. Do you reckon he went across there to fight the Grizzly Bears? Nah, maybe. Grizzly Bears wouldn't have had a chance. That's what I mean. He just wanted to go and have a bit of fun before he uh, you know, called it a day. But um, it's also not far from Grey Sloan Memorial Hospital, the hospital from Jorge's favourite favorite show, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, well, he'd be jealous that we got to... Got to venture over to, you know, potentially bump it, bump, bump into old, uh, you know, whoever the fuck from Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think you were trying to wait for better cut in there with a the name and no idea, yeah. mate. Let's just let's just go Grey. I reckon Grey might be there. Yeah, Grey something. Yeah, Grey as Grey her anatomy. All right. Well, yeah. Well, let's get into this chat. We have a great chat with um, Tegan. Tegan from Seattle and. Quite a bit of a talent right. she has too, I'm going to point out. Yeah, yeah, it's a, another great chat, but all right, mate, it's time to steady the ship. Let's, once we get off here, get that ship right, we'll yeah, head mate. back down the West Coast and we'll, yep. we'll head to OC, all right? Yeah, no jars, mate. I'll, all, right. I'll sleep. all right, today we are joined by the president of the Seattle Grizzlies, Grizzlies. Tegan Hamilton. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, no, it's our pleasure. Um, we're keen to learn a bit, a bit more about the Grizzlies. So, yeah, let's uh, get into it. Um, when and how were the Seattle Grizzlies founded and why did they choose the Grizzlies? Yeah, so our, uh, our club started with a few blokes after they had watched the 98 Grand Final. Um, they started training in 98 um, at the end of the year and then in 99, they started playing games. Um, we got sponsored by the Geelong Football Club. So we initially, after being the Seattle Jets from our training, we then became the uh, Geelong Football Club of Seattle. And that was a bit of a mouthful. So a year later, we changed to the Seattle Cats. 
And then in 2005, um, a few of the guys decided that we really wanted to have our own identity. So rather than adopting a name of a club back in the AFL, we thought that it was a lot better to have um, a really um, unique identity that was unique to Seattle. So that's why they chose the Seattle Grizzlies. It was between the Seattle Geo Ducks or the Seattle Grizzlies um, and the Grizzlies won out, which I'm a little bit happier about because the visual of the Geo Ducks a little bit less ferocious than the Grizzly. Yeah, I can understand why the Grizzly won out for sure. And we... <laughs> We've spoke many times that we do like unique names and, and, you know, characters for the jumpers and stuff. So we're glad you're, you're not just the boring old Seattle cats and something a bit different. Um, but do you know who the uh, first game was against and, and how many players they had back then? Yeah, so first game was uh, the Santa Cruz Anzac Day match. Um, so there, we brought 17 players down. We played 16 aside footy. Um, that was back in 99. And, um, it was a big deal because Boston and Santa Cruz were the big teams at the time and they won every game they played. Um, and we actually won our first game. So that's, that's pretty, uh, impressive. And a lot of the clubs we've spoken to their first you know, a couple of years, they, they struggled with numbers. So to actually take a full side for a first game and win it is uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, we're pretty, I'm pretty excited to be with a club with such a kind of a, a bold history, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So you also have a women's team. Um, when did they start? Yeah, so um, the women started back in 2016. Uh, Valerie Barbara Axdown, who's currently actually living in Australia, um, she started it and there were a couple of girls out to training um, and they just played combined games um, throughout the 2016 season. Um, and we really kind of took off in 2017 um, where we were able to bring uh, a full squad in Division One to the national championships that year. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so how was that first season? Like, how did you guys go? Yeah, so they actually the 2016 they won the combined nationals. So they brought three, three ladies and they won that year. Um, that 2017 season, we, we played pretty well um, against the local teams. So we were playing against the Vancouver Vixens and the Portland Sockeyes. Um, but at nationals, um, we, we had some pretty stiff competition and we, Put a lot of effort in, but we didn't perform as well as we did in um, years after. How has the women's team gone since then? Yeah, so we've done really well, particularly in the Pacific Northwest. So um, we've won a lot of our games by pretty pretty large margins. Um, we have done reasonably well at regionals, but nationals is where we really... Um, kind of took off. We've been in um, the last two women's um, Division One National Championships, the grand final. Um, pipped at the post in the last one. Um, back in 2018, we had a pretty good effort, um, but we lost a lot of the players. So we came with a pretty um, short bench and then we had a few injuries in the semi-final. 
and we played a player down in the grand final. So it was pretty impressive that we were able to kind of get there and perform so well. But um, we did a lot better in the 2019 grand final and we, we almost got it. That's great effort. So a bit of detail. So what did you, I don't mean to bring up old runes, but what did you lose by in the grand finals? I'm sorry? What, how, how much did you lose by in them grand finals? Um, I think this isn't me like playing dumb. Like, <laughs> I can't remember. No, I, um, I actually don't remember the scores. I could look them up. Nah, it's just, all good. just get to your point. <laughs> I've looked I did, across I did, it. I did like take it out of my memory. I did just get riffed and he started pissing himself off and knowing exactly where I'm going with he's this. He's got a specific reason why he's asked this question. Okay. So, right. so we spoke. Were there close losses? Um, the 2018 one was not. I mean, women's games are hard to kind of talk about close or big losses because they're not big scoring games. So, you know, one goal increases that margin by a lot. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we had an argument on our Snapchat group last year about if you'd rather lose by one point or a hundred points, it'd become a very violent conversation and sort of three threats going around. And we done a podcast the other day with, I think, uh, Orange County and um, asked him the question, could it come up? They lost by a point. So what would you rather lose by one point or lose by a hundred points? I think I'd prefer to lose by one point. Thank you. Cause well, just personally, <laughs> no, I, no. I think knowing no, you, that you, you're right. Thought, you're correct. I think, I think one point, shows that you fought every moment. I think losing by 100 points, I mean, you'd hope that this isn't the case, but I think that you'd probably feel like you didn't put the effort that you could have in. And I think that's, that I, I don't feel like in that 2018 grand final that we lacked effort or um, energy or anything. I think we, we fought to the end and we fought to the end of that 2019 grand final. So that's... Not all I could ask for because I want to win a granny. But I think that that's, you know, pretty important. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, definitely in agreement where, um, it was, like you said, it was a pretty hotly debated topic. And- <laughs> to the point where yesterday, <clears throat> excuse me, when we're talking to, oh, yesterday recording this, talking to Orange County, I sent a picture to our Snapchat group saying, this guy agrees with one, one point. I said, I'm like, yeah, we'll get back to it after the show. And so I tell you what the blokes returned, replied with. And I've looked at it and I'm like, no, nope, I'm not going to say that because, again, it got very violent. <laughs> so I'm going to be part of this heated debate now. Yeah, but you're on our side. Well, you're on the majority side, so you're good. <laughs> yeah, there's only a couple soft blokes that would rather lose by 100. So don't worry about it. They're, <laughs> they're just uh, soft, yeah. Um, but, yeah, getting back on track. Um, you know, you've uh, obviously had a fair bit of success. So I'm guessing you guys have uh, got to sing the song a few times during your time there. Um, does the club have a theme song and, and why did they choose that? Well, we chose the Richmond Tigers um, theme song. We had a very fervent um, Tigers um, fan as part of our founding members. So luckily... We get to sing the best song in the AFL. So, you know, it's well, a little bit easy for me to learn because I'm uh, a TIG supporter. So I didn't really have to change much other than Grizzly Land and Yellow and Black to Green and Black. So, yep. Well, luckily that is our our song for the, the Cobras. So we're, we're not TIGER supporters, but 
it is our it's our second song because that's what we get to sing when we win games. So we uh, enjoy that one too. It's a punchy yeah. number. It is. Yeah. Um, it, oh yeah. It's yeah. It's even good sung in a in a ship with a bunch of blokes <laughs> in a pool in the middle of you know three o'clock in the morning or something. So. Yeah. <laughs> Best song at three o'clock in the morning. I think it was like more like four, four thirty, but yeah, yeah. whatever. It's definitely late. Definitely shouldn't have been there, and but it was still a good time. It was definitely cold as well. <laughs> um, sorry. Yeah. Uh, how hard is it to get men and women? Uh, you said you've had some pretty good numbers with the women's team. How hard has it been to to recruit players, and how many of those are you managing to get that aren't Aussie? Yeah, so funnily enough, our women's team is mostly American. Um, we don't really have that many um, Australian numbers. Um, we're actually probably one of the most, not the most, but one of the most um, non-Aussie teams in the AFL, in the US AFL. So we're, our women's team only has a couple of um, Aussies. And our men's team has probably only got maybe a quarter Aussie. Um, so we do a lot of our recruiting at our local sponsor bar, the Kangaroo and Kiwi. And I used to work there. So that first year that, that we had the really big numbers, most of those girls we got from the bar. So I just be at work, see a really athletic looking chick, go ask them if they played sports, then, you know, ask them if they'd heard of footy, most hadn't. So I had to go on this weird explanation. Sometimes I chuck it on the telly. And then I just um, do my best to woo them. Um, same with the, the guys, you know, a lot of them came from the pub. A lot of them come from um, workplaces of current team members. So a lot of it is just our club being so passionate about footy and just convincing others to come play our weird cult. I had to get a couple of the girls to stop describing it like such a cult. Um, Cause I was like, you can't scare them off. Don't start like Kool-Aid, Kumbaya, like, you know, you get this brand new family. It's, it's all true. Like, you know, footy, you create this sense of community and you do get this brand new family and these people that will have you back forever. But can't tell someone in a bar that, you know, we've, I've got this like amazing sport. It'll change your life. You're going to get this new family and, you know, drink the Kool-Aid. I'm like, just calm down. We're going to just recruit them a little bit more casually than that. So first time I've heard uh, Aussie Rules referred to as a cult, but I like the analogy, yeah. definitely. And um, a little bit, I think it's a little bit more in, in the United States um, just because, you know, I think, in Australia, all the the people that I know that played footy, you know, it was like, you know, most of the cool kids, a little bit of everyone. We've just got a whole bunch of weirdos. <laughs> so happy. Like, it's the best bunch of weirdos I've ever met. But, you know, you've got some really interesting people that play the sport. Yeah, so it's a, another stop a dog's going to have to make to help. <laughs> oh, I knew that was players. coming. Because uh, his favourite thing is to get guys drunk and recruit them to the club. So he'll definitely, if he's over in the States anytime, he'll, he'll definitely have to make a stop in Seattle to help you recruit. We uh, always will appreciate a good wingman. I've got a good, uh, good um, strike rate with it too. So uh, yep. I'm more than happy to help. 
But a, a, a couple of the, the weirdos, you, as you've referred to them, or players that you have, uh, happen to be brothers of uh, Mason Cox. Uh, how did those yeah. guys end up at the Grizzlies? So we're lucky enough to have um, Mason's brother, Austin. He is actually our vice president. So he helps um, run the club. He's, um, he's pretty tiny at six foot eight. I think he's six foot eight. <laughs> six foot seven, six foot eight. He's a small human. Um, but yeah, he, he rucks for us. And he actually got to play at nationals last year against his brother, Nolan. And Mason was running water for them. That would have been the biggest water runner you've ever seen. <laughs> you definitely wouldn't have had to look far to, to know where to get your water from, that's for sure. Well, I mean, he did wear the bright yellow shirt to make sure that people could see him too. <laughs> Jeez. That... I, I think he needs that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking of like games, whereabouts do you guys train and play? We're learning that there's not many op- much open space for Aussie rules around the world. Yeah, so we don't have an oval. We have uh, soccer fields that have got, you know, metal poles and stuff. So our, um, our, our closest park has got, it's just a terrible field. Like there's like potholes and we walk around with um, cones to just cover any place that there's a, a ditch or a hole or something that's going to might like injure somebody. So we try not to um, play on those fields. Um, we found some fields. We've got to drive about an hour to get to the other fields that are a lot nicer and a lot cleaner. Um, and we've actually made pretty good mates with the people that um, run those fields. They even spray painted our logo on the middle of the oval when we had a, a couple of games. So um, they've been really good um, about that. They're down sort of a little bit south of um, Seattle in Tacoma. Um, we train just on turf fields. Uh, it's the only way that we get enough light getting up to nationals um, to play because we need to have the floodlights. Otherwise, we're playing on a, a field that gets dark. You can't see the balls and you have to finish training at like seven o'clock. So. Yeah, it's never fun when you've got to wrap up training because you can't see. Um, so, Looking on your website, you guys have got a fairly uh, decent online shop for all your uh, merchandise and whatnot. How hard is it to get yourself like your playing gear, your training gear and that type of stuff? Yeah, so playing gear is a little bit harder. We have to, we can't get that locally um, because that's got to be um, an imported thing to get the cut right. But all of our um, tank tops, our t-shirts, our baby grizzly onesies, all of that kind of gear. Um, we get that all printed at a local place. We sort of really want to support our local businesses and um, people around us. So that's usually where we get stuff printed. Nice. So um, you have quite a, you know, unique jumper design. How did that come about? And I've just been informed yeah. that you actually use the same jumper manufacturer as us. So. Yeah. So... Um, this is our home jersey. So we've got um, just very plain green and black for our home and away um, jersey. And our clash jersey for the women that's is sick. actually our 20th anniversary. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the one we're talking about. Yeah, that's the one that I come across. Like, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that's, this one actually, the men don't get to wear to play. <laughs> 
That's so cool. this is actually our um because we didn't have a clash jersey for um, a year or so so when we um we had our 20th anniversary we decided to have that as our clash jersey. so that was um one of our um, our players designed that jersey and and got that one up for us That's awesome how did you guys get come across black chrome um i believe there was a sponsorship a few years ago with the usafl um sort of different sponsorships roll in and roll out um so usually we can kind of figure out a group discount between the usafl teams yeah well, next time yeah get one they've got reversible jumpers now so you can get the design on both sides which we've had uh, had done this last year and yeah we're pretty happy with them they come up well Hold on. So. As we uh, had, um, we moved into a different division. So for the first time, we were playing against a club that had the exact same colour scheme as us. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we had to get a class jersey for the first time. So we went with these. Uh, I knew it was new, close. New reversible ones, which. Yeah, well, that's that's our biggest issue with our men's jumpers because I don't know who did it, but they, <laughs> the men's. We've got home and away jerseys. I can't remember which is which because I don't have to worry about it. But one, um, one of either the home or away is black on top and green on the bottom. The other is green on bottom, black on top. It's just, they look the same. So yeah. um, one day we're going to get a clash jersey for the men. Yeah. But, yeah, you, get you know they don't matter. Okay, that's our that one, and then it's literally just that's our home home. Yes. Away. Yeah, nice. So does that show through at all? No. Oh, actually, I wouldn't know. I haven't worn it yet. <laughs> nah, that doesn't show through. It's um, it's actually yeah, quite decent. It's it's basically like two sides of a jumper sewn together. Um, it's yeah, it's two separate pieces of material. So there's you know, um, but it's actually it's very comfortable. Um, they probably run a little bit small to your standard jumpers. So just they're keep that long. in mind. But yeah, they're quite yeah. long. They're quite long. But yeah, um, we were um, surprised that they were that good when they came in. We were expecting it to be like sort of shine through and whatnot. But when we got them, we're like, oh, it's actually decent quality. They're only like 10 bucks more a jump or something like that. Are they thicker, heavier? No. Uh, lighter. Yeah. Yeah, right. Because, yeah, I mean, that's one of our considerations playing in the summer. You want to make sure you're not kind of putting too much fab extra fabric and making it too hot to play in. Yeah, it's, it's, they're actually like it's two layers that are lighter uh, material than sort of their standard jumper. So it's, yeah. Yeah, right. We're almost doing a sales pitch here for Black Chrome. We might as well get on commission or something with them guys. But yeah, no, they're a fantastic company. They're they're our league league supporter, um, and yeah, they're they're great to deal with. So if you yeah, if you need a new clash jumpers, we'll put you on. Uh, what's his name? Troy. Hello. Troy Troy, Troy Beard from Black Chrome. He'll help you out. Brought to you by Black Chrome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so we we'll talk about the jumpers, but now we'll move on to some playing stuff. You actually uh, play your, you know, home and a, home and away season games in a, in a competition competition based in Canada. Um, what's the sort of reason behind that? Is it just the closest teams to you? Yeah, so we play in the BCAFL and the USAFL. Um, during the season so we kind of have a pre-season with the BC League and yeah exactly what you said is just proximity so 
Um, Seattle, sadly, is pretty far away from all of the teams. We actually just had a Tacoma team start up um, near us, which will be really awesome when they get numbers. But currently, it's just a couple of guys. So we, to be able to play full games, we have to either drive up to um, Canada or down to Portland. Otherwise, we're really flying. Yeah. So it's about that? three hours right. up north and two and a half down south. Yeah, again, that's a hell of a trip. Um, speaking about having to travel, uh, you guys made the trip out to Hawaii at, back in the 2019, and we spoke to Hawaii two nights ago. Um, were you there when that, for that game and the uh, just some famous bloke just happened to roll in yeah, and have a run? I actually got to mark that famous bloke. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a few photos of, uh, of him... I don't mean I don't know how, but him evading me somehow. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it was pretty um, pretty cool. Our photographer actually um, just started chatting to him, and um, yeah, I walked up to him and I was like, "Oh, do you um I'm like you look really familiar?" And he's like, "Yeah, I play footy. I used to play footy." And I was like, oh. I'm looking at him. I'm like, "VFL or AFL?" He's like, "AFL." I'm like. Yeah, I can't put my finger on it. Like, which team? And he's like, Hawthorne. And I was like, I know your face. I can't put my finger on it. And he's like, have you heard of the Brownlow Medal? And I was like, fuck Mitchell. <laughs> I, Brownlow Medal's not even real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking so all like, that. Do you want to jump on? And he was like, yeah, right. So we got him a jumper. He just shoved it. He said, who's winning? And I said, Seattle. And so he jumped on it. He, I chucked on a Hawaii jersey and jumped on the field. That's awesome. It's funny that blokes from the people from Hawaii were just like, we had no idea who he was. And all of a sudden he just rocks up, starts having to kick the footy. And we're like, who is this guy? <laughs> so, <laughs> well, yeah, we got it. We actually had a, an ex um, Sydney um, player, Sam Pav. Um, and he, he came and jumped on the Grizzlies. So he was running past as well. So we had a couple of, um, yeah, a couple of Aussie blokes just jumping in our game. It definitely sounds like Hawaii might not take too long to get themselves up and running and be have plenty of players with the sounds of the Australian or ex-AFL players in the cross there. Um, so we spoke about how successful the women's team were at the uh, Nationals. How successful the men's team be? Yeah, so over the years, um, they've been very competitive. Um, the closest they've gotten to a Divi 1 um, win was against Denver. I can't actually remember what year that was, but they did, uh, they were run up, runners up in division one. Um, they won the division two national championship in Colorado Springs uh, in 2008. And then in 2017 in San Diego, um, they won the division three national championship. So they're back in Divi one. Um, they were very competitive last year at the um, Sarasota Nationals. Um, and it would be pretty good for our club history if we could get a, a Divi 1 win and the men's and the women's year in the same year. Yeah, that would be uh, something awesome to strive for and hopefully, yeah, you'd be able to get those Nationals up this year or you know, if it gets postponed to next year, you're still able to have a good showing. Um, but you also have a... At least one game. Yeah, yeah, well, we're we want three. Three, three. We need three games. But anyway, <laughs> we digress. Um, you have a junior program. How did that program come about? 
Yeah, so a, a couple of years ago, we decided that it was, um, you know, one thing that we really love about um, what footy brings is that community aspect. Uh, a lot of our um, players who played back in 98, 99 um, aren't in, uh, interested in playing as much anymore. They're not sort of feeling the vibes, but we wanted to keep them involved in the club. Um, and we really wanted to make footy part of our community. So we thought it was really important to um, reach out to the community. You know, our hope is that one day that those kids will play junior footy and then they'll start playing seniors. Um, but that's less of our motivation and more of our motivation is actually just to have a juniors um, program which is there for the community. Um, so we started that up. We do a free clinic once a month for the kids. We also do an Australia Day um, clinic. And last year we actually had um, the UW um, Huskies punter, Joel Whitford, and the Seahawks punter, Michael Dixon, um, helping us run one of our clinics um, last year. So we had a, a rugby, footy, Aussie sports day, and that was a really great success. Awesome. All right, Rifty, mate. Go ahead. Oh. I, know, I know what you're going to ask. You're enjoying this because it's not round bowls, so you can ask this question again. All right, because we are fans of a lot of world sports. This guy's unfortunately a big soccer fan, but I'm more of the American football fan. Um, have you become entrenched in that uh, sport as well over there, with Seattle being you know, a pretty successful team through the last few years? Look, I'm not going to turn it off the telly if it's on, but I won't seek it out. Like, I like watching it, and I've been to a Seahawks game as well. Um, but it's just not – it's not something that I um, – I'm super entrenched in, but I enjoy watching it. It's not like footy. So what about um, back a few years ago when they didn't run the ball on that, that final play of the Super Bowl? What was the feeling like in Seattle around that time? Was it a – pretty uh, somber place to be yeah I was actually working at the pub at the time and um, it wasn't my favorite night at the pub <laughs> I, uh, I I happened to miss um, the winning Super Bowl by a year um, so that was a year before I moved so that was a little bit disappointing that I didn't get to experience that All right, so I went to mention it and then I realized I'm like oh I'm actually wearing a Seattle hat so I won't mention it so it's been broke a couple of times about, oh, you go for, before we start, oh, you go for that sporting team. So like, no, I've just got a serious obsession with hats and I'm a Patriots fan. But I'm like, are we going to Seattle? I'll wear a Seattle hat that my mum got me back from America. So I went to mention about the Patriots win. I'm like, nah, I can't really say anything while wearing a Seattle hat. It wouldn't look right. <laughs> you know, and you, you got to support our, uh, our boy Michael Dixon as well. True. So you can say, you could say that it's a Michael Dixon hat if you want. Supporting the AFL, you know. I'll work with that. I like it. Yeah, yeah. But we can't do that either because our captain's name is Matt Dixon. Uh, yeah. So he would just think, oh, that you've, we're supporting him because he's a Dixon as well. And yeah, we can't give that to him. Oh, that's, yeah, he'd get a big head, I'm sure. Yeah, that's big enough. But uh, how long have you been the president for the Grizzlies and how did you come into that role? Yeah, I've been the president for a couple of years. Um, I started as vice president um, and it was just that thing that I started um, helping out and I just kept wanting to make the club better and um, do whatever I could 
So it just was a natural progression. Um, somebody nominated me um, to be president um, and I accepted and then I got my, got to head up my weird family. Yeah, lovely. So speaking of your weird family, um, what other positions are in the committee for you know, your weird family? Yeah, so we've got um, Austin Cox is our vice president. We have um, our secretary, um, member at large and treasurer. And then we have a, we have a very big organizational chart structure as well, which has got a whole bunch of other positions, but in terms of the, the board positions, um, those are the main ones. Yeah, nice. Very organized. Um, so you said that you, know, you have a Aussie pub or a bar that you sponsor that you used to work at. How hard is it to get sponsors for the club? Um, look, I think we've been really lucky in the quality of sponsors that we've got. Um, getting a bunch of sponsors has really been difficult. Um, you know, mainly because people don't know what the sport is to start with. So to kind of, for them to see that benefit, they either have to care about the community and see the community benefit, um, or they just have to love footy and it's hard to get people to love footy if they don't know about it. So we've got both of our main sponsors are um, bars in Seattle. So we've got a brewery and a bar and the bloke that runs the brewery is actually also an amazing sports photographer. And so he takes a whole bunch of um, our photos along with another guy. Um, and then he runs that bar and he's also the treasurer. So he's just, you know, such a good bloke and his he's just so passionate about footy now um and it was just from inviting him out to a game to take some photos and got him hooked yeah and he saw how much the footy players love to have a drink and thought this is definitely a good investment to make i think yeah i mean like during all of this um really difficult time a lot of our players have really gotten behind his bar as well his um brewery and made sure that they're supporting him during it i mean it's not that hard to get footy players to go and buy beer but um you know funneling them in a direction is good we've learned that we were sort of before we started this show we was like oh yeah just australian culture footy players go drink beer and then we're speaking to people in france and scotland and it's like oh no we it's the same thing it's footy i probably think every single club we've spoken to doesn't matter how hard it is when they get sponsors they've got a bar or a pub on board yeah and I mean, that helps too, because you, that's your recruiting place. That's the place that you get to, you know, socialize with each other. You get to watch games there, you know, like there's just, there are so many th places, things that that pub brings us and not just from that financial point of view. Yeah. Awesome. So speaking of the social side of the things, what are, what type of formal functions do you guys hold? Um, so we have um, functions after um, our games because our, the teams that play us here um, have to travel quite a long way. So they usually stay overnight. And so we usually have a, a post-game function for those teams. Um, we also do uh, an Australia, um, Australia Day match um, and that's been going on for a long time. So we play Australia versus America um, and then a, a kids clinic that goes along with that and a, a beginner's clinic for anyone that wants to join. We also um, have awards night and our biggest one is the grand final party. So that grand final 
um, party is a big re revenue raiser for us. It's really big to kind of recruit people and then to promote the um, footy culture. So that's for the most part what we do. We want to kind of do some more, but it takes a lot of planning and hard work. So. All right, Rift. I'm going to say it here, mate. It sounds like the grand final parties around the world are a great moneymaker for clubs. I will sacrifice my grand final day at the kennel for the footy club, mate, so we can make some more money. <laughs> you know that how big a man I am to be just saying that? Yeah, he's, um, he's been getting more and more deflated as we do these interviews because uh, all these American clubs keep telling us how great oh, American grand, all around the world. Yeah, how great their grand final day parties are and he's just <laughs> sitting there going, mine's just starting to get less and less and it's slowly <laughs> deflating him. So he's, it's got to the point where I don't even ask that question anymore. I don't yeah, want to know. <laughs> he, uh, he, that used to be his favourite question to ask was the social side. Now he's handed it off to me because he does, he's just sick of hearing how good these uh, grand final day parties are. Um, but you come over one. Oh, I think I'm going to have to. I reckon yeah. I'm going to need to just make it uh, end of September every year, just different places around the world to go test them all out. And, um, and recruit some players yeah. for a while there. Yeah, perfect. Problem is, though, Rifted, a good, great chance I might sign a contract across there to state I could be and not be allowed back in this, not be able to come back, to, come back home. <laughs> yeah, and you just, you've got to get him at the right time, too, because if you get him at the end of the grand final, he's not very coherent. And he won't be able to do much recruiting. So you've got to get well, him I mean, half time at least. It, the people aren't very easily recruited at that point in the night either. But I'm pretty persuasive. So how I actually was become vice president was Rifty at one of our sponsors, a pub, the garden, had said to me, oh, I'm going to be president next year. Do you want to be my vice president? I'm like, oh, nah, mate, don't, not really. I'll have a think about it, but maybe not. He comes back up about three hours later, you know, 10 more beers. So, mate, I'm going to be vice president again. I'm going to be president. You want to be vice president? Yeah, mate, I'll do it with you. No worries at all. Woke up next morning with a message. So, uh, you agreed to be vice president last night, mate. You can't back out. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, he, he, knew, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, well, I had, you had to be on the other side of it for once instead of being the one. Conan so drunk box in the play. you're good at recruiting admin and you're good at recruiting players. It's a perfect match. It is, actually, yeah. That's, good. That's a good point. I've looked at it like that. There we go. I'm going to add head recruiter to my title as well, mate. <laughs> You're going to have to start recruiting more players for us. Yeah, I, I tried. I mean, COVID hit. <laughs> the other problem we're having is we keep hearing all about this fun stuff oh. you guys get to do, do over in the States. And, we, you know, we're sh sharing these with all our players. And I'm, Every episode, we're like, all right, we're going to lose a couple to Seattle. Now we're going to lose a couple to the OC, and there's going to be some going to Abu Dhabi. And we're going to have players scattered all across the world, on depending on what their favourite thing is to do. So, How about we take them, and then we can teach you all of our weird cultural um, drinking things, and that's the cultural exchange. We'll bring the, the drinking weird drinking stuff back to your club. I ain't fine. I'm good with that. Yeah, but... <laughs> Yeah, once you join a cult, you can't get out so easy. So. <laughs> yeah, but there's a little green card visa issue that, you know, it's like there's an instant out from our cult. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. That is a very good point. <laughs> um, but how did you even come across Aussie Rules over there in the first place? Yeah, so I, um, you know, being my age, footy wasn't something that you, you played as a chick 
Um, and if you did, you, you really had to fight for it. Like you, you didn't just, you know, join the team and, and play with everyone. So um, it was just not, it wasn't even in my, on my radar. And so I'd been living in Seattle for a couple of years and one of the, you know, working at the sponsor bar, one of the blokes kept telling me to come out for a kick. And I was like, no, 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 I don't play footy. You know, I love footy, um, but it's not my sport. You know, I'm not really into that. And um, he just asked me a few times and just happened to ask me on the right day. I'd just broken up with someone. I was really upset. I had a whole bunch of spare time on my hands and he asked me and I was like, you're right. So I came out to training and I haven't been so sore in my life. I couldn't walk for two days. They were like dropping pens on the ground to, to mess with me at work, to make me bend over and pick things up because they knew I couldn't move. Um, and then, yeah, that was it. I just, I was just hooked, started playing, played my first game and that was the rest of history. I'm sure a bit of a letting out some frustration on the footy field at that point in time would have been nice as well. Yeah, I mean, I think I bounced off people a little bit more back then. I, um, I remember the first time I got hit, I flew across the field. Um, hold my ground a little bit better these days. <laughs> so um, what position do you play? Yeah, I'm a halfback flank. Um, I started in the forward line. Um, I was playing forward pocket and half forward, um, half forward flank. And one day there was a men's game that was being played and a couple of us girls, they didn't have numbers. So a couple of us girls were playing in it. And one of the guys came off the, the back line and the coach put me in and I was like, ah, oh, I don't I don't know how to play here. Um, this isn't my position. And he's like, no, 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 just jump on. And then that was it. I didn't get to jump back in the forward line after that. So. Yeah, it's, Rift is a, a halfback flanker, but you're a bloody jack of all trades, aren't you, mate? It's called, called utility. <laughs> Um, so what's been your biggest highlight with being involved with the Grizzlies? Um, on field or off field? Uh, either. Take your pick. Have, give us one of both if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, on field, I, I remember um, back regionals back in Sacramento, I think it was 2018. Um, I shepherded someone and um, did a pretty big hit. Um, and... The, our men's team is amazingly supportive and our, you know, we're supportive of our men's team and vice versa. I just heard this big tease <laughs> off the side of the bench. So, um, you know, that was just a pretty amazing feeling. And then there was a photo of it and one of the guys turned it into a meme. A meme. Um, <laughs> so that was a pretty good um, moment. And I think just generally... Um, that nationals, um, just getting into that nationals um, grand final in 2018 just felt amazing just to be there um, with kind of all the losses and with all of the, um, the struggles that we took to get there and being a play down, that was just a, a really good feeling. Yeah, it definitely sounds like um, a good club to be at or a good cult to be at from the sounds of it. Um, before I go on, Rifty, you may not know this because I didn't know this, but you're actually quite the artist I come across when we'll exchange emails or work this out. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm a glass blower, So that's actually why I moved to the States um, back in 2014. Um, 
I have been blowing glass for 16 years now. And this is a really big community for glass blowing. So I um, yeah, jumped on a plane, um, no job, no place to live in a couple of suitcases and decided to give it a go. If uh, people want to go check it out, where can they you know, go have a look at it? Yeah, so um, my Instagram is tegan.hamilton and my Facebook is Tegan Hamilton Glass Artist. Um, I also have a website, uh, com. Trust me, Rifty, mate. Go have a look at it because I was just like, because in the email, the email that had sort of addresses, I went out and looked at it. I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. <laughs> I made a you. note to make sure I bring it up because I was uh, quite impressed. It's quite a yeah. unique, unique thing, isn't it? It's something you, you don't see too often, but it's uh, pretty amazing. Like even watching people when they uh, do the glass blowing, it, it amazes me how you're even able to turn that bit of glass into some of the things they do. It, um, that's my weirdo that i bring to the club yeah, that's my nice. weirdo. and um i'm sure that since you know certain things have become more legal over in the states there's a lot more call for for things <laughs> yeah. to be made out of glass and glass yeah stuff. i've actually never made a bong <laughs> ever i'm like it's it's my uh claim to fame now um i'm one of the few glass blowers that haven't made one. <laughs> oh, well there's always time <laughs> <laughs> Um, you'd, have to, to, you'd have to charge. I don't. I charge a lot of money for a bong. <laughs> Fair enough as well. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, it takes a lot of time and effort. That's for sure. Um, well, we we know who you already follow in the AFL, so we don't have to go back over that because it's Tigers. Oh, so what's not Carlton? So you don't want to? Now, all right. Well, well, we already know who you follow in the AFL, and we don't care about that team. We may as well ask who's your favourite player then. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's uh, my also my player number. It's uh, Dusty. That's all right. He made me some money on Grand Final <laughs> Day at at, at Dog's uh, Grand Final Day party. So that's all right. Dusty's he's okay in my books now. It used to be Deledio. Dids Dids was one of my favourite players. Yeah, what a what a mistake. What a mistake he made. But anyway. <laughs> um, what's been the funniest thing you've seen while playing for the Grizzlies? And before you answer that question, I want to say you're the second woman we've had on that's um, their biggest highlight has been making a hit. So I'm glad that that's, you know, you have this very specific memory of just nailing that first hit. And she said hers was a, a tackle where she just really felt like she just stuck a really good tackle. And like I said to her, it's something we take for granted. We've done it our whole, you know, a long time, our whole lives, and making hits and bumps is sort of second nature to us. But I'm glad that that's a part of the game that you uh, can distinctly remember nailing your first hit. Well, I mean, there's like there's that technique to it, and I didn't learn that technique growing up. You know, it wasn't something that I, you know, I played tennis and I played netball and I, you know ran and did all that sort of stuff. It was just not part of my physical vocabulary. So, you know, it's something that I developed and learnt, which has, you know, been something that's been really fun to kind of get to. Yeah. You so know, if I can't kick the ball, I may as well hit somebody. <laughs> yeah. That's that, must be what bear, that must be what Bear Trap does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely his theory. Uh, but yeah, what's been the funniest thing you've, you've seen while playing? Yeah. Or, so or probably, on the sidelines? Uh, Dom Gowden, 
I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, it was uh, the 2019 semi-final against the New York Magpies. And uh, the, she was on the mark. Um, somebody was, the girl was kicking for goal and she just started dancing and gyrating her hips on the mark. And it was probably one of the funniest moments. And I just, I, I remember distinctly the way she was moving her hips. I just, everyone was pissing themselves laughing and, and it worked. A bit of bit of, Shakira the on the, bit of Shakira on the on the mark. Yeah, there. her hips didn't lie, and it saved the game. You know. Damn. All right. That would have been something to see for sure. Um, all right. So now it's time for our favourite part. It's where we get you to throw some teammates under the bus, and I'm hoping you got some pretty good answers for these questions because uh, you've said there are a big bunch of weirdos. So. Hopefully, there's some good answers for these. So, we're going to ask you, you know, who is the following? And, yeah, you choose who you want to throw under the bus. So, Ed, yeah. what do you got? Uh, so, who at the Grizzlies would you say is the ladies' man or thinks that they're the ladies' man? Troy Kilburn. <laughs> so quick. <laughs> yeah. Bang. Aussie? You never think too hard on. Uh, yeah, Troy, Troy um, definitely likes the ladies. And some of the ladies kind of like him. He's... Uh, he's He's got a really good rig, and, uh, and it seems to work. And he, he will, uh, and in any weather, uh, take his shirt off at training. Yeah, every club's got one of them, I think. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's 20 Except degrees. Except our blokes shouldn't be taking their tops off. They think they can, which <laughs> if you've got a rig to be proud of, it's all right. But when you don't, keep the top on. <laughs> He's one of those blokes that looks pretty unassuming in street clothes. And then he just takes off his shirt and you're like, I, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unfortunately, as Richard said, that doesn't happen with our bikes here. You're like, oh yeah, that's what you look like with your shirt on. Um, <laughs> okay, so the next couple, because you have a men's and a woman's team, we'll get one from each. Um, the class clown or the joker? That's pretty hard because we're a club full of clowns. Um, I'd probably say it's our coach, Andrew Donlan, our men's coach. He is one of the clowniest clowns I've ever met. And uh, he's always giving uh, the players, particularly one or two, a little bit of crap. Um, and probably Dr. Death, Katja Hewitt. She's, <laughs> she's a little bit of a clown. Um, she got her nickname from uh, just giving the worst case scenario. Anytime somebody suggested that they had something wrong, she'd just be like, cancer. Something equivalent to that. So she got that lovely, lovely nickname. That is one of the greatest nicknames I've heard in footy. Yeah. Um, especially for a woman. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> to be called Dr. Death. That's, that's... Wasn't there a guy that was uh, over here in Australia, he was in the news for a bit that they nicknamed Dr. Death? Yeah. Uh, he had his own like, backyard practice yeah. or something like that? Yeah. Just full disclaimer, she doesn't do any uh, medical procedures. No, she just... just uh, diagnoses everyone with cancer and COVID. Yeah. Everyone. Oh, you Worst got the sniffles. Now you got COVID. So, yeah. so in other words, she's pretty much just Dr. Google, just in person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, it was nice knowing you, but yeah, you, you're not going to make it. Yeah, all, I, all, I, all I do is stub my toe. Yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> just you have to cut it off. Yeah. Yep, amputate. All right. Um, what about the, the biggest party animals? Oh, also club full of party animals. 
Um, I'd probably say Matthew Elliott, uh, Ginny. Uh, he's from Virginia. Uh, that's why he got that really amazing nickname of Ginny. It's really hard to figure out why. Um, and he just, he's just always planning things. He's really good at lighting campfires, bonfires, and yeah, he, uh, he'll just start dropping the elbows and doing his Ginny dance. Um, Corey Howe and Dr. Death are probably equal party animals in, um, in the women's team. Yeah, well, I guess when, uh, you're Dr. Death and you, you know, life's too short to take things <laughs> to not party, I guess. I mean, yeah, you just gotta let it loose. Yeah. All right. And who's the, the, the people that just take the game far too seriously for amateur sport? Yeah, um, ex-Olympian uh, Rob Munn, he um, treats every game like he's jumping back into the Olympics um, and probably his partner in crime in life, um, his girlfriend April Lewis, she is a very serious person on the field and takes footy really seriously, which is, you know, both of them as much crap as we give them for being so serious they're both great assets to our club and they're both amazing players so yeah i guess but you can excuse somebody who's done sport at the highest level for taking it a bit too serious but most of the time we hear it's some bloke who was never going to make it anyway and he takes the game far too serious so an olympian taking it serious that's that could be excused sometimes you know though when it's rec footy it's like it's a level too far (laughs) All right, Riff, I'm going to change up a little bit because of uh, a conversation about our players, and then you can ask the normal last one. Who at the clubs with the biggest bromance? Oh, bromance. Probably. So we've got like a trio of bromance, probably. Um, Bit of a love triangle going on. Yeah, we've got a little bro, bro triangle. We've got Dakota Hunt, who's from Adelaide. Um, we've got Weston Hedden and Nick Mihalik and they all live together and yeah, I think that there's probably, if I think about it, there's a lot of romances going on, but I think that that's, you know, that's, that's a big one. Yeah. It's not actually on our run sheet and it never was, but we've started to do something with our players where we just literally get, get them on for five minutes, run through these questions and make clips of them. And the question Riff is going to ask next, we didn't want in there because we're like, well, that's just you, me and him. So why would we need to ask it? So we've got, oh, let's go to the bromance. And then, well, you know what? It's actually a good one for these clubs because you know, there's always a bromance at one, at at least one bromance at a club. So, Well, yeah. I used to be part of like a, a female bromance. Yep. So, <laughs> you know. oh, I should have asked the bromance of the women's club, women's team. Oh, yeah. No, uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes you've just got like, Friends that are just there, you know, all the time, and you just want to spend all the time with them. So, you know, oh, that's all right. Dakota Hunt, that's a name you don't want to say too fast and incorrectly, <laughs> is it? Uh, well, his nickname's Dak, so Dak Hunt. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't want to yeah, misstep with saying that name, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but who's. Well, we like to call the mum and dad of the club. So who's the two people that the club would just be absolutely lost without? 
Oh, I don't think that they'd be lost without me, but I think I'm the, the club mum. I'm the mama bear. Um, but definitely the estranged dad we would be lost without. So Matt Muller, he's run away to the San Diego Lions for a year. Fortunately, um, you know, the, the footy season hasn't been as vibrant as usual, so we haven't lost him for that much of the season. But he's uh, hopefully he'll come back to us. But he's one of the, the club's founders and he's definitely the estranged dad. So when I, you know, got wind of some of the questions about the founding um, history of the club, I reached straight out to him because, you know, he knows all of it. Go, no, no, that's not. That, that question wasn't on there, remember? I got rid of that question. Oh, okay. Um, well, thanks a lot for your time. We do appreciate you jumping on with us for a chat. Um, but where can everyone go to uh, follow along the Seattle Grizzlies and also, you know, shout out your own websites again so we can make sure people go check them out? Yeah, so um, on Instagram, we are Seattle Grizzlies. Um, on Facebook, we are Seattle Grizzlies Australian Football Club. Um, our website is www.seattlegrizzlies.com uh, and mine is www.teganhamilton.com and my Instagram is tegan.hamilton. Very nice. Um... Thanks again for joining us. We're like we're saying to everyone, we hope you are able to get some season at the tail end of all this shit that's going on and get back to some normality and get a bit of a season or if not next you know, next year you're able to make it to nationals and get that men's and women's uh, elusive grand final wins in the same year. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. So best of luck with all that. Is there anything else? Thank you. No, I just want to thank you for joining us. Um again we'll uh, definitely shout out not just the uh, Grizzlies pages, but also just your artwork because, as I said, I was impressed by it and yeah, needed to make sure I brought it up. Um, yeah, once we get back to into our rooms, we'll try and grab a polo shirt or something like that to send across to the Grizzlies as a bit of a thank you and a bit of a mateship from Australia. But yeah, other than that, no, thank you for joining us. Really do appreciate you know, another club joining us for to talk about their club's history and you know their cult, if you will. <laughs> I'm going to get in so much trouble for calling the cult. <laughs> Thing is, though, when you said that, I was like, it's actually very true because it's not maybe the right, the greatest word to use, but footy <laughs> clubs are like a cult. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like this, it's this hard thing to explain, particularly because it's not part of American culture, right? So in, in America, you play sport as a high school athlete. And then if you're good enough, you'll play in college. And then if you're good enough, still you'll play professionally. If you don't get to those levels, then generally you either give up sport completely or you will like play beer league and nobody actually cares about beer league. Like they're there because they want to socialize with people. They're not really that competitive. Like it's like people get frustrated at the people that get competitive in beer league sports. So it's this different culture where you can be competitive, but then have, a drink afterwards and chill out and um, socialize. But then you've got this community and family that um, are just there. I mean, most of our, we've had a lot of guys gotten jobs through the Grizzlies. I've personally gotten two of my jobs through the Grizzlies. Um, 
roommates, the bromance, you know, they found each other through the Grizzlies. Like there's just, it's just such a thing that um, is such an asset to the communities that just weren't there before rugby or footy kind of kind of came along. Yeah, that's um, something we love about Aussie rules ourselves over here is that, you know, we build family communities and, you know, like you said, bromances are started, you know, some of your best mates and lifelong friends, well, most of our lifelong friends are all made from being at a footy club. And um, I always told the missus I wanted to lead a cult. So <laughs> there you go, mate. There we go. Now I'm de facto leader of our cult in Sandown Coppers. So. so we've got Midori as our Kool-Aid. So oh, ours and Jack and Booker. So. Ours is just Carlton Dry, I think, then. <laughs> yeah, so we've got an initiation shot. If you first game, the first time you put on the, the green and the black, you do a, a shot of Midori and a shot of Black Sambuca. Oh. Yeah, right. It might, I get it. Makes sense. The green and the black. Yeah, for the yeah. green, for the black, and then you skull a beer. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, you're out, Rifty, mate. But, uh, yeah, definitely out. Go I'll on. give it a crack just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've had a couple of uh, grey slash green faced people after that, but. Yeah, I'd definitely be one of those, that's for sure. Drinking is not my thing at the best of times and shots of Sambuca and Maduri would definitely not go down well. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair. All right. Uh, yeah. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. And um, like I said, good luck for the season ahead if you get it or next year. Thank you. And to you guys too, I hope you guys get to, um, to train at least soon and get a run around and have a kick. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thanks again for joining us for that episode of the CobraCast. Uh, this has been another episode in the US AFL week we're doing. Um, make sure you go check out their social media and follow along their journey, as well as all the other teams we've got coming up. Uh, but where can everyone else go to find out about our stuff? Eto? Well, for our stuff, mate, they can go to Facebook and at Sandown Cobras FNC or search Sandown Cobras Football Netball Club. They can hit up our Instagram at Sandown Cobras FNC or hit up our, uh, our Twitter at Sandown Cobras. There is another page on there that is at Sandown Cobras FC. Ignore that page. That's no longer working. Twitter won't delete it. Um, but might, or you can, head, sorry, you can head to our website, www.sandowncobrasfnc.com.au. Or if you want to know more about USAFL, you can head to www.usafl.com. You can search United States Australian Football League on Facebook and Twitter. There's also uh, the US, what is it, sorry, the US Footy News. They are a Facebook page and they do a podcast called Outside 50, which is hosted by, or the co-host is one of the people that we spoke to from Denver a couple of weeks ago. So make sure you go listen to that if you want to know a bit more about US Footy. Lovely. And don't forget to check us out on iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you want to listen uh, on your drive home or drive to work. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs> Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number.
Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP.